0: Blog
1: talk radio. Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your guest, Craig Settles, and I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today as we help public, private and nonprofit organizations get better, faster broadband everywhere that it needs to be. I am extremely happy today to be talking to uh, the good folks in Salisbury, North Carolina. I was down there in 2011. I spoke at um, an event they had, which was an interesting event in that it was a a forward-thinking series of of meetings and events that involved the, the city leadership and the representatives of the city's communities and also just everyday folks from the community. And obviously I talked about broadband, but they also talked about moving the city forward and things that could be done and projects that could be undertaken. And I've always remembered that as just being this incredibly uh, positive event. And I don't know if other cities do stuff that's similar, but it's, it's a very, to me, it's a very good thing. And then I've also followed them because of the network, the fiber network and what's been going on there. And it has gone up to gigabit um, uh, speed and the thing that caught my mind that really set up this particular um, uh, interview today was an article about improving or increasing the marketing of the network and the marketing of the city. And so I got on my horse and, wrote, and got uh, uh, Mayor Paul Woodson of Salisbury as a guest and also Mayor Pro Tem Maggie Blackwell uh, as our guest today to talk about... Uh, Salisbury, Vibrance, and this magical concept called marketing. So, thank you both for uh, for taking time to be with us today on the show.
0: Good afternoon. Hey Craig, glad you hey uh, called us, and we're we're happy to uh, be on your show. We feel important.
1: <laughs> we feel very important. Well, you guys are important Ooh. because you are one of the earlier. Um, fiber networks you guys have put up with a lot to get the network off the ground and you continue to put up with a lot of grief and aggravation from those who haven't quite seen the light yet and you still persevere and now you're talking about basically lighting the afterburners and and really ratcheting up the uh the marketing so you know my hat's off to you because clearly you're doing the hard work here so um and in fact let's start with you know what's the history? I, how about of, if
0: I give you a little bit of history?
1: Yes, he's going to say. Can what, I what's give a little bit of history,
0: by? and then I'll turn it over to Maggie a few minutes? And um, Craig, we're we're a town of thirty-three thousand. We're in the Piedmont of North Carolina. We're sort of centrally located, in between Charlotte, and Winston Salem, and Greensboro. So we have a lot of folks who live around us. Several million. Live, if you take a compass and make a circle, there's several million that live that surround us. Uh, we have an interstate called I-85, a lot of trucking. Uh, a lot of North Carolina towns uh, in the years past have been textiles and furniture. Um, I grew up in the textile business, uh, worked in several towns in North Carolina and New York, a little bit in Ontario for uh, just a brief visit Ontario, California, but uh, mainly in North Carolina. And what sort of come about was, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s, uh, these cities boomed with manufacturing. Um, I'm in the dry cleaning business after I left the textile business, and I can remember uh, 2% unemployment uh, in, in Salisbury. We had run an ad for an employee and. In two or three weeks, you're lucky to get one or two people apply. So things were going good, and then all of a sudden, um, the free trade came along, and a lot of the textile companies and furniture plants started going to China and to Asia. So our former mayor, Susan Klutz, she was our longest-serving mayor, uh, was a mayor at the time, and we all got together and thought we might ought to try to figure out some way promote our city a little bit differently since all our manufacturing was leaving. We had a council member named Mr. Pete Kennedy, our longest council member, who went to the National League of Cities as our representative, and they were studying the broadband utility as future economic incentives for anybody, especially for the mill towns and furniture towns like Salisbury. So that's how it came about for the National League of Cities and we were hoping to to you know, get into the anticipated job growth and technology on, on the big data that was coming along. Uh, we also had a firm in here that that did a lot of telemarketing that hired a lot of people and had branched out, into North Carolina and Florida and West Virginia. Uh, anyway, a, a committee was formed to study this. Um, after several years of study, and our strong growth in the 2000s, especially the subdivisions and planning board and all that we decided to go into it uh went into it right before the recession and we had another council member now it was an architect karen alexander who also built us a, a lead building so uh, we decided to come a, a long way and we decided to install the video the telephone and the latest technology equipment and of course the uh the internet and the hd video uh, we had early customers. I think Miss Blackwell, Mayor Pro Tem Blackwell, was one of our earlier test customers. Is that right, Miss Blackwell? I was a beta tester. She was a beta. I was right after go. that. I wasn't a beta. Yeah. I wasn't a beta tester. But the beta testers were uh, excited about it and the great quality of the high definition television. And of course, we've been running three and one basically here on the internet, which was just terribly, terribly slow. And sometimes you don't realize how slow it is until you get something better. And then. Uh, so we started hooking up. Our Internet was, uh, start off at, it was either 1010 10 or 1515. 15. Do you remember exactly what we started I off? I
2: think it was 15 up, yeah.
0: 1515, 15, I think, is what we started off with, which was just lightning speed at our homes. And then some of our small businesses like myself, I have uh, six or seven computers in my business, and I hooked up fiber and was absolutely amazed at the rapid speed. And I also put in the dual core computers also I upgraded my computer system uh... to the dual core which putting in the high speed internet just changed my my customer services life it was amazing the, the rapid speeds that, that we had and like ordering parts and trying to get machinery fixed and etc but anyway we got started we started adding customers and we got a, a critical mass of customers came aboard and things were looking pretty good um, then we had to, you know, work on the financial st- stability. And also, as we launched this thing, uh, unfortunately, Craig, a, a recession really hit our city in Rowan County. We went up to 17% unemployment. Now, remember, we had been at 2% unemployment, and all of a sudden, you know, this this incentive, this uh, economic incentive we were trying to launch uh, to, to, to bring more high tech into here, because we kind of knew that, textiles was waning and furniture was waning Uh, i know i was in textiles for a long time and knew that uh, a lot of uh, imports were coming in i didn't really think that free trade was coming into some of our asian countries but it happened and our city council decided that we needed to try to do something a little bit better so we got started off in the recession i think we've done uh reasonably well uh during the recession adding people and i know that Ms. Blackwell stated in the paper uh, last week that we've got our 3,000th customer, and we're very happy to have our reliability of 99.9%. We haven't had an outage in 18 months. Ms. Blackwell, you want to talk about some of the early outages or, that we were having?
2: Yeah, yeah thank you. No, I, I'm not sure that um, that past is, is relevant today. Um, you know, any new business is going to have hiccups, You start a new restaurant, you're going to be slow, and your food's not going to be consistent. But what I will say is, um, you know, Craig, I'm sure you're aware, the USA is 41st in the world in terms of average speed for the Internet. Um, The average speed in the U.S. is 6.69 MIPS. And yet here in Salisbury, which is such a small city, we have gigabit service. And I'm very excited about that. So our, our next plan is to deploy the word out to the world that you can come here and have small-town uh, cost of living and yet world-class infrastructure for your broadband.
0: Craig, we also, uh, Councilman Brian Miller is on our uptown, uh, our downtown uh, committees, and uh, our EDC and our council were able to recruit a new high-tech company, Integro, who who built a four million dollar facility here in town, and a lot of it came because of our high speed uh, internet. They're very interested in our quality control company, and our shatter shield, an old company, added seventeen new employees in high tech positions because of our of our internet speed so uh we got a lot of the problems solved and uh uh we have the redundant lines now we have two lines coming in. Uh, a lot of businesses were a little bit worried about it to start with, but now with the two lines and not being down in 18 months, we're getting a lot of activity. a matter of fact, I had a company uh, contact me just the other day they are possibly looking at us. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of these companies are small, but that's what we're after, 15, 20, 30 people that can uh, do this Internet. So uh, we're excited about what we have. Uh, I think, it's, is is it correct, Ms. lack Was only 14 uh 14 gig cities in the
1: United States, is that, is that correct?
0: I read something that said that. Craig, you might know more than we do
1: about that. It's actually hitting close to 40 um, gig cities. Oh, okay. And there are probably two, three announcements a day of cities that are starting uh, the needs assessment process, or I'm sorry, they're putting out RFPs for consultants to help them with feasibility studies and needs assessment and so forth. So I would say that there is a steady drumbeat of um, communities that are looking, maybe not specifically for a gig, but definitely they're looking at fiber uh, networks, or I should say high-speed networks, where the norm nowadays is to look to start out of the gate at 50 megs or 100 megs uh, per second service and, and rise up from there, where I think when uh, you were starting, you know, 15 meg symmetrical was, you know, leading edge. And we've gone past that now and are, are starting to see, you know, like I said, we, we, there are about 80 communities that have fiber networks, either solely run by the community or in public-private partnerships. You have 40 of those are gigabit, you know, give or take one or two, Uh, There are another, though, 80 uh, community networks that are cable networks, and I am getting the impression that a number of those are going to transition from cable lines to, um, you know, coaxial cable to fiber. And then there are another couple of hundred communities that have what I refer to as limited reach networks, which may cover just the business area, just the industrial park and so forth, but from a – you know, level of excitement uh, and, and interest, the number is growing rapidly. And this is you know comes back to why uh, communities such as uh, Salisbury are important because there's a narrative that says, well, we've got these networks and these networks aren't uh, successful. And I counter that with, well, yes, they are. Because, I mean, obviously you folks have been around for a while, and, and, and communities in general don't measure their success the same way that Wall Street bankers do, you've got a whole range of benefits, which actually should be a good point to talk about the, the marketing because, uh, Ms. Blackwell, you were in, in the press talking about the need to ramp up the marketing. Is What you're seeing is that there, is, there are more potential customers. They just need to understand that this network is there and what it can do for them.
2: Um, Craig, I think the comment you made just a moment ago about how many cities are looking into expanding into the fiber market gives me a new sense of urgency. This is the distinctive difference that sets Salisbury apart from all the other small towns in North Carolina. This is our edge. And as more and more cities gain the ability with fiber to approach gigabit speeds, we lose that edge. So, yes, marketing is vital, and we have to do it as soon as possible to attract businesses to our community. You know, the residential customer is great. We have quick speeds. I didn't even realize... I I went to the beach last month and had to wait a few minutes for my movie to load, and I I didn't realize that's normal because here in Solifury, you hit play, and it starts playing. Um, So... The residential customer with the TV and the um, and the broadband is fine, but the purpose that our council saw, the vision, was to install fiber to attract jobs to our community. And the reason I'm encouraging our council to embark on the marketing program is so we can attract those jobs. It's so vital.
0: Now one thing also, Craig, uh, you said that I want to mention you know, Salisbury is, is, is hooked up. A lot of cities are just hooked up to certain neighborhoods, to uh, uh, the business community, and I think uh, maybe Google's going into Charlotte on certain areas where we're trying to hook up our entire city um, to it. Um, I have a little story. Uh, my software people are out of Chapel Hill, which is, uh, my, I went to Chapel Hill, which I considered a great university, and my software man is is there, and I was going to, load new software to my cleaners and the uh, fellow said uh, he said uh, all right Mr. Woodson he said I'm going to start loading you uh, into your system you call me back in 20 or 30 minutes when everything is loaded up and I said fine he said now watch the screen and uh, this was about six or eight months ago when I got everything ready for my business so anyway he hung up within a split second the entire program for my dry cleaners was loaded and i called the guy back within about 30 seconds and the software man said what do you want i said we're loaded it's downloaded we're ready he said impossible he said no way <laughs> he says too big a file i said i'm ready and uh he was amazed and he's uh, you know like i said he's a high-tech guy to chapel hill also i like to make a point that uh, my wife and daughter have an internet business,
1: uh, not an internet
0: business, they have a blog, and um, they have about 28 countries, and they get millions of hits now. And when she goes, my wife goes on trips with me, like, you know, on buying equipment for my business or a mayor's meeting or, you know, some kind of a meeting. Uh, we're on a lot of boards, Miss Blackwell and I, we, we go out of town a lot. Uh, she always, my wife always brags about how, fast salisbury is even to charlotte or winston or greensboro or raleigh uh how long it takes her to download her data for her blog and how long it takes her to get information back out to her customers so uh uh, i think that's important you know we want to brag about our city a little bit and and hope people are listening uh all over the country and maybe somebody will say hey let's let's check salisbury north carolina let's see where that town is so i want to put in a couple plugs there about our city being wired everywhere and in our and our rapid
1: speed No, uh, let me to here for a sec um, It sounds like You know, whereas many other cities talk about using gigabit networks to draw large companies with hundreds of employees your focus seems to be on mid-sized companies 10 20 30 uh, new jobs coming to town for a small town Is this a big deal I mean having smaller versus the big giants coming in well
0: I I tell you our problem uh, I've been on EDC for several years and um, done a lot of recruiting in the past and what 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 our problem we're having right now is um, I know several years ago um, I worked on with EDC a company with 2,000 jobs out of California and they were looking very seriously at Rowan County not so much Salisbury, but Rowan County, because we had a lot of textile mills that had closed. And unfortunately, we worked several months with this company, and we lost them to Alabama. And um, Alabama gave them just unbelievable incentives that we really can't can't match in a small town or a small county. And I think we realized then that we needed to start working with the companies that maybe had 20, 30, 50, maybe even 100 people. And we don't give up on 200 or 500 people. But we realize that we have a better shot at getting a smaller company in. We have great housing here. We have three colleges and a seminary. We have a beautiful downtown. We have 17 restaurants in our downtown. We have three or four theaters. I'm talking about arts theaters and, and production plays. Uh, we need to draw folks that want to come in. Great housing prices. You can live on a beautiful golf course in this town and have a 3,000-square-foot house for two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you know some of the other communities might be six hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand so i think we have a lot of them we have a, a lovely a beautiful country club actually two clubs here uh... municipal not well i shouldn't say municipal we have some private golf courses that are public golf courses i didn't mean to say private that you can play on mm-hmm. uh... so we have a lot of things to bring in these smaller companies that people want to have a a better uh... uh way of life not you don't have to fight the traffic every day and uh, you can get across town and what do you say Ms. Blackwell 15 or 20 minutes
2: oh less than that uh, yeah less than
0: that and get across town and have something to eat and go shopping and we have uh, uh, the theaters here and not only uh, production companies but we have a lot of theaters and a lot of shopping and uh, a lot of the national chains are moving in we got a, a big shopping complex that came in a couple years ago that's expanding and we're we're right now on the verge of hopefully the next year landing a 250,000 square foot shopping complex. So uh, we got a lot of nice things to offer. And if you want to, uh, if you want to go to Charlotte, you're 45 minutes away. You want to go to uh, Greensboro, you're 40 minutes away. You want to go to Winston Salem, you're you're 40 minutes away. So you know you can be in the big cities rapidly if you want to, or have the nice. Uh, personally, my wife and I, uh, we like the small city life. We we, we enjoy the. Uh, knowing people and getting around town and seeing folks and uh, going to our local plays and um, our local restaurants. So, you know, everybody has a different style of life. So we're trying to get some of the, the smaller companies to come in. We think if we have a better shot at that. Ms. Black, Mm -hmm. do you want to mention anything? Craig, back to
2: your question about the size of companies. What we want to do here is build a culture of sustainable innovation. And as you know, I'm sure uh, professional photographers, web designers, musicians, graphic artists all have the need for high volume, high velocity uploads and downloads, and that's what we offer here in Gig City, North Carolina. And um, so not only do we welcome the 100, 300 employee companies, but we also welcome the small businessman who wants that small town feel and the low cost of living, but the quick uploads and downloads.
1: Right. Okay. And that that makes a lot of sense. And it is consistent with um, what I've heard from other communities, which is as a uh, small or mid-sized town – you have to be aware of what kinds of businesses you can logically expect to get and others that may not be a good fit. And then what you do to be successful is you you go after the ones that are you know that, that are more most conducive to your area. So for example, sure. not every community can attract a data center for a variety of reasons, but many communities can attract the the twenty, thirty, forty, uh, person companies in the professional services in the healthcare arena in the technology arena and so it's that understanding of who you're marketing to is a real important first step in in ramping up your marketing activities that that be a fair assessment sure with?
2: sure so, know your market is number one
0: mm-hmm hey, I like this black to talk about uh, we have uh, Mayor Tem Blackwell and another uh, council member, Karen Alexander, had a meeting last week with uh, UNC Charlotte, which is a great university in the UNC Charlotte, I mean, the UNC system. It's about probably 35 minutes from Salisbury to hit their campus, and they did a lot of things and trying to partner, and maybe Miss Blackwell might want to, I really wasn't in that meeting, but Miss Blackwell might want to, would you like to mention some things there?
2: Sure. Sure. Um- University of North Carolina in Charlotte is number one in the state in informatics, and their, their goal is to become one in the nation. Um, Council member Alexander initiated this meeting, and it's surely her initiative, but I can share that um, we are excited to um, consider a partnership with them to bring students to Salisbury to um, enjoy that gigabit speed. Uh, as you know, small towns are struggling to keep their young people as they're drawn to the larger cities, New York, Washington. Um, And so uh, this initiative can help us to attract and retain young people to our community as well. Mm -hmm. And, Craig, I understand that you were also at the uh, gig tank uh, event that I was in Chattanooga. Was that not amazing?
1: I I have to say, and and the folks who are listening to the show regularly know that I have uh, waxed poetic about the whole Chattanooga um, uh, experience, because they've created a local environment that is very pro-innovation. And what's an interesting thing, and I think this is interesting for other uh, municipal officials in particular to, that are listening to, to understand, is that for innovation to work, you have to be willing to try things that may fail. You know, and I think the the perception of government is that government can't be innovative. They don't get bonuses for taking chances. But but if you look at the success in Chattanooga, you know, a lot of it is about taking chances and allowing folks to to feel that if they make a mistake, if if some program doesn't work, you can adjust, recover, learn, and then move on. And I'm and assuming, you know, over. because again, kind of looking at the event that I was that I spoke at three years ago, your city tries to foster a certain amount of that, uh, you know, we, we've got to go for it, think outside the box kind of stuff, if I'm reading, reading Salisbury accurately.
2: Yes, we are a very progressive city, and as I see it, we have to get a brand name for being very technologically savvy. In other words, having apps for everything to do around town, maybe hosting app competitions here in the summer for college students, Um, things of that nature, so that Salisbury becomes synonymous with technology and get us that brand name so that the word gets out that this is the place to be.
1: And that's... That's the large part of it. I mean, that is – and for, for audience you know, members who aren't as uh, familiar with your basic concepts of marketing, that's the heart of any marketing campaign is to figure out how you want to be perceived, which is your brand, and then what education steps are you going to take to – present that image and create that image and foster it in the same way that, uh, that Chattanooga does. Uh, that, that
2: I think that's one uh, place where our ge- geography can really work in our favor because we're centrally located between three um, good-sized North Carolina cities, Charlotte, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem. Within half an hour, any of them can be here for a technology event.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Greg, that, uh, obviously Chattanooga has um, the big city flair also. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they have a drawing card there themselves. Uh, so, you know, we've got to get our niche. Now, one of the things I want to mention is, is that um, um, we're sort of developing this marketing plan now. We wanted to make sure we had the redundancy um, uh, you know, sometimes you didn't want to go out and really start trying to sell everything till we had the, the second line in there that, to make sure that, you know, we could switch over Because, you know, uh we had a a year and a half ago, uh somebody was up on um 85 and and uh I actually think around UNC Shaw and cut our cut one of our main lines coming in. So, uh, you know, we were trying to make sure we had the uh the redundant lines in here so that if something happened we could switch over and have somebody up and running, everybody up and running within a few minutes and not a few hours. So uh, that was one of the things that we were trying to hold back on a little bit. You know, you don't want to sell a product to you make sure that, you know, everything is uh, is going well. And, and uh, so sometimes it's, it's the old saying, it's better be safe than sorry. So we feel confident now on our network and our facilities and, uh, and I think now that uh, Ms. Blackwell, one of the things she's doing with our EDC director is she's working to, uh, I think they call it the gig table right now. We're trying to get everybody together in a couple of weeks, uh, a lot of the tech people in our city to come together with our businessmen and start developing a plan to really start marketing to our business. We're doing pretty well with our with our, our residential. We signed up over 100 people in July and uh, we we're very happy with that. In the last two weeks of July we signed up eighty six, which for a town of thirty three thousand, that's pretty doggone good. Um, yep. and mm-hmm. so we're hope- we're hoping to uh keep expanding on that. But we've gotta get our we've gotta get our business initiative more up and running and that's gonna be the thing we're going forward. And I think that's what uh Mayor Pro Tim Blackwell was expressing last week in the council meeting that we need now to take it to a higher level to uh to, to get our businesses on, and uh, some of our businesses have been a little bit um, um what am I, what's the word i'm trying to use uh
2: reluctant.
0: reluctant not quite as confident uh of us and now we've had a year and a half of not being down we're in with a dun- redundant line we're getting a a little more taste so uh we, need, we we're really trying to, to to get our plan together and our Robert van Gians is our edc director been with us several years and uh, uh, he's a young man with a lot of energy and a lot of thought process. He's a, he's probably one of our tech guys as far as one of our tech people in town. Uh, went to our local co- college, Catawba, which have a lot of safe, a lot of fine colleges here, Livingstone, Catawba, Royan Cabarrus, we have a seminary, Hood Seminary. Uh, so Robert's one of the folks that came back. Uh, he left us and came back, and, is, and uh, so we're asking him to kind of head up this marketing for our uh Business community, so we're going to have a think tank coming up in uh, about two weeks to try to get things rolling here.
2: You know, mm-hmm. I had a conference call with the Charlotte, I'm Cham- um, sorry, the Chattanooga Chamber last week. They were so generous and so kind to share all their information with me. In uh, Chattanooga, their chamber serves in lieu of the EDC. It's sort of a um, dual task there for their Chamber of Commerce, but they feel that marketing uh, Chattanooga as a gig city is just natural because it brings jobs to the area. And it's um, not something they're paid to do by Chattanooga. It's not something, a special effort, but it's just one more thing that they can tout for the area in order to bring jobs to the community. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to do. Okay. In addition to adding on businesses which are here, which is fine, we want to attract those new jobs to Salisbury.
1: Right. And you mentioned a point earlier about there being um, a reluctance, or at least initially, and I think that that small towns in particular and mid-sized towns in particular have to be prepared for um, selling the internal folks, selling the people in the community, because in order to get that public face and that public brand that, hey, we're the center of innovation – the people inside the community have to feel and believe that. And so maybe, you know, as a tip to other communities, you know, one of your early jobs as part of the marketing campaign is to make sure that you've sold and you've created a strong core of support within your own community. And then you can go forth and, you know, sell yourself, market yourself effectively.
2: Exactly. You know, here in Salisbury, we have 14 boards and commissions, and each one has 9 to 11 members. We have about 130 people at any given time who serve on our municipal boards and commissions, and I would say, wouldn't you, Paul, that Those current members and past members were the first ones, the big city supporters who jumped on the bandwagon for Fibrant.
0: Definitely, definitely.
2: But I would say that word of mouth has been our best form of marketing. The people who are satisfied with our service, with our local technicians, with our people who are here in Salisbury answering the phone who say, let me get in the truck and bring you a new box. That's been the best form of marketing, that word of mouth, about that small town service that you can't get. From any of the big incumbents.
0: As a matter of fact, last week, uh, last week, I think everybody chips in. I know my wife; uh, uh, she was helping last week with some. We put out some new packages for Vibrant. I know my wife was at. I was up here at City Hall, and she was down helping people with new packages. So I think it's kind of the chip-in thing with the, the small cities. And uh, but, Craig, getting back to job growth and things. Uh, uh, I think it's not only Salisbury, but most small towns in America right now, uh, we've all lost that, that manufacturing base. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, um, uh, just the mills I ran in North Carolina, a lot of them had over a 1,000 people in them, uh, 1,200, 800. And a lot of those folks made $10, 12 14 15 an hour with basically a high school or less than a high school education uh we had training programs in these plants. we uh, would bring in uh school teachers to get folks up to reading and the math levels that they needed and I'm not talking about just Salisbury. I lived in eight or nine towns in north carolina and and people had jobs and uh I think this recession has hurt uh men more than anything uh, you know the the guy that made fifteen dollars an hour mix and die uh forty and forty five hours a week could take home six or seven hundred dollars a week and buy a car and and buy a house and his wife had a good job and they you know they they lived a good middle life and and that's one of the things that uh, has been cut out in entire country and that was one of the things that when we decided to go into this we were trying to figure out how we could up our brand to let people know that we weren't just a mill town or a furniture town anymore that we we're you know we want to be a a city that's that's looking towards the future to looking at jobs and uh Uh, And this new Integro Technologies that's come. They have customers now all over the country doing quality control work, and they're a big draw for us. They have a beautiful uh, uh, theater. Uh, I call it a theater. It's a a meeting space. It's built like a theater, you know, the amphitheater where the seats Mm -hmm. are going up uh, high, and you can see with a big 100-inch screen maybe. And they're starting to bring people in our town and – uh, Fabrice, and we're also working right now on our uh, a new central school office for Rowan County. That's It's on the drawing boards right now, and land's been been bought where they're going to hook up to our Internet, and they're going to be able to do a lot of testing. And I, we think when that fifty or 60,000-square-foot building goes up along with this other 40,000-foot building in our city, that people are gonna start looking at us and saying, "Wow, look at folks who are building in Salisbury building beautiful new buildings, you know, and hopefully we'll get the word out a lot of us because of our vibrant and our high speed internet service uh so we're 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 breaking ground and we're moving forward um uh, um uh, but uh, Ms. Blackwood, you have something to add? Yeah, there
2: are some additional tools that our EDC is developing, um, such as um, data as an incentive, startup assistance funding, um, rent assistance, technical assistance, uh, collaborative space, a uh, learning center, and shared technical resources, so that um, you know there's no excuse not to come to. Salisbury, uh, Gig City, North Carolina, to do your business. Um, we can also serve the traditional business people. Um, we have a great hospital here. And just think about all of the data in x-rays and MRIs that need to be uploaded. So I, I think we have something for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, also, Craig, uh, one of the things we're hoping to do, uh, we're hoping to talk to our hospital about our internet service. Um, we really haven't yet because we weren't sure that we were you know we, you know you don't want to hook up a entire hospital for the entire county uh to make sure everything is correct and we feel real confident now we're going to be approaching them and uh, we have a hospital we have outpatient service uh surgery center we have an outpatient imaging center on the other side of town that we can hook up you know we get all this hooked up together uh and and uh, we have gone uh from uh, we just decided to uh go from uh, 15 up and 15 down to 50-50, so our normal package now is 50-50, so we just have, you know, just a normal customer has got just, oh gosh, I, I could, five years ago I was 3 and one so I'm now, what, uh, 15 times the speed, uh, mm-hmm. That that uh, and that would just, you know, if I did a drawing for a machine, it would take forever to download that machine, now I just press a button and it's almost instantaneous. I can get parts and I can get drawings and electrical drawings and pipings for my machinery and that's been a blessing right now to to be able to do that so also we're doing a uh, what we call an r f overlay, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and uh, we're going to launch that package with about hundred and sixty channels, about eighty regular and about eighty h uh, d channels coming up We have to launch, hope to launch that we're going to be able to uh hopefully uh you know get some more business and help our marketing plan with some of the Uh, Apartment complexes and some other things that our city has to offer that before we were a little bit hesitant on. So we've got a lot of lot of good things. Also, we have. uh, I want to mention we have. uh, uh, I met with uh, Mike Jury, who's in charge of our uh, uh, facility, and uh, uh, one of the California companies. uh, I don't know if you're familiar, out of San Diego, uh, Imagine. Are you familiar with Imagine Uh,
1: out out of San Francisco? Uh, only vaguely, sorry.
0: Oh, well, they, anyway, they came in and tested our gig network. we we're, uh, were very, very impressed with our gig network a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, they made a comment, uh, uh, you know, our upload and download speed was, was close to close to a gig. And they were saying a lot of the gig cities really don't have both. They might have, uh, as you said, uh, uh, you know, gig one way and maybe, uh, 200 or 400, the the other way. So, uh, we also are setting up what we call Active E, and Active E is, is our gigabyte to our business community, which we're going to start pushing, where we actually can, you know, hook up a single line to a business where they don't have to share. We can hook up directly from our head ends. Our head ends, uh, we have a box of the, uh, our head end. I think we had about 24 connections for a gig to businesses. We have one business now. Set up, and we're going to have the GPON also to our homes for the gigabyte to our home. Now we don't have anybody on that right now, but we have some good pricing on that, and we're hoping that uh, that uh, we can we can uh, work that out pretty soon also. So we're getting that set up for our marketing position. Uh, that's a couple of little things right there. We're 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 trying to forge ahead on, and uh, so we've really been working hard lately since we got the re- redundant line and. Uh, but I feel really confident in, in Mayor Pro Tem Blackwell. She's a uh, very inventive person and innovative person. And uh, Robert Van Gens, and we're going to have this meeting coming up and hopefully launch some good ideas with, with our tech people and our business community and really get the brain power going in Salisbury. And uh, I'm very excited to see what's going to be Mr. Uh, Van Gens had told me our director possibly in the next two weeks we might be able to launch this. So. Uh, so we are doing some things. We're sort of moving forward as, as we sort of move slowly to try to make sure that you know you don't want to sign up a uh, hundred new customers a month and then they fail. So uh, we're trying to put it into a little bit higher speed right now.
1: Right, and that makes a lot of sense. Let me let me interject here. I wanted to um, bring up a key point. When I, when I talk to groups about marketing uh, their community, I talk a lot about the value of forming partnerships with key organizations. Uh, to help give the city and, and, and the, the stakeholders greater marketing leverage, and one of the guests uh, one of the uh, listeners in the audience pointed out that uh, the University of North Carolina School of Dentistry uh, has prepared or is preparing a cloud-based electronic health record system. but it was developed at UNC and together with the University of Michigan and the University of Pittsburgh, how important are partnerships with colleges when you're talking about marketing that network to new businesses, new users, and so forth?
0: Well, we'd certainly love to have Chapel Hill uh, on our service. Uh, my son-in-law graduated from that dental school three or four years ago, and um, so I remember he was talking about the technology then, though, he used to, he, I think he actually taught a class after he got out of Chapel Hill on computer imaging, you know, for, for dental. Uh, you know, now you go to a dentist now and they throw this image on an HD screen and you can show uh, all sizes of your teeth and what it looks like and the roots and how your teeth are matched up. And uh, But uh, that would be interesting for us. That would be a, a really good uh, suggestion. Like I said, we also have... Three colleges here that are looking at us and a center for the environment, which is Catawba College, and uh, they're, they're running our service right now, and uh, they do a lot of good things with our land trust, you know, preserving land and helping the environment, and they have a LEED certified building also on Catawba College, and they're also hooked up to our fiber network right now. Ms. Blackwell, you had something I think she wanted to mention.
2: Sure. I think partnership with the colleges is a great idea as we develop incubators and become a national hub for data moving. We also will be working in the next few months to find angel funds and partners to develop a strategic plan to uh, attract these businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. Craig, if you remember at the Gig Tank event, Terry Wohler, who is probably the worldwide authority on 3D printing, was talking about how businesses buy 3D printers for their prototype department. Do you remember that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, then, I but then soon the I
2: prototype do. department loses the 3D printer because the uh, manufacturing area needs to make a part or the salespeople need models to take to demonstrate. And so bit by bit, the prototype department is the last one because everybody else is so busy using the 3d printer and our edc here is interested in uh, installing a community um, shared 3d printer so that for a fee if you're on fiber you can make use of a 3d printer and not have to make that initial
1: investment yourself Mm -hmm. so i think
2: all these partnerships are vital in the marketing plan
1: now a follow-on to this uh discussion of um partners uh, Ed, on one of one of the listeners, one of my regular listeners actually, Ed is always there. I appreciate this. Um, but he he asked about um, uh, how your plans are involving or impacting nonprofit organizations because I consider them to be a, vi- a vital slice of the local fabric that also should be involved in the in the marketing effort as well. Well,
2: um our EDC just um made a collaboration with our Chamber of Commerce, the Tourism Development Authority, our Downtown Salisbury Incorporated, and our land trust. So they're all partners and all clients of Vibrant. Um so yeah, you're right. Those partnerships are vital.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I think there's a lot. Do you have we, anybody yeah.
0: ca- you have anybody calling in to sh- your show we- we, we would love to take some questions and hear from other parts of the country. I don't know if you
1: had any folks calling in. Maybe we stimulate have, us little. give us an idea. Everything seems to be centered in the, in the chat room right now. I haven't gotten any calls at all, unfortunately. Um, okay. One of the um, questions I think that people have, even if they don't ask, is um, how do you keep persevering because you're clearly you know expanding your reach you're expanding you know the the ways in which the network can be used but North Carolina has probably one of the most restrictive anti uh, municipal broadband environments in the US maybe second to Utah but I'm not sure Uh, uh, how how well you know we had a big fight
0: uh, three or four years ago we we launched it and then uh, the legislature almost stopped us, and we were, you know, we were scrambling for uh, lifeblood. We had borrowed uh, over $30 million, and um, we had equipment coming in. We were making deals on head-in equipment. We were making deals with company on on putting the fiber to the poles and with Duke Energy and everyone else. So, um, you know, another thing that kind of delayed this launch was we had a big fight in the state legislature, and it went on for a year or two? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, and we were very fortunate that we were able to do Rowan County. They tried to limit, I think they finally decided that, you know, they couldn't bankrupt the city, a uh, a city, uh, 250-year-old city. They couldn't bankrupt our city uh, after we borrowed all these funds, so they decided to let uh, Salisbury go forward. And we finally, after a lot of arm-twisting and things, uh, were, were able to, Get Rowan County. Now the deal in Rowan County is that the other cities uh, must want it, and we've actually had some folks who have, have asked some questions. We're just not ready right now to to expand out. You know, we're, our goal right now is to to add a, a, another thousand or so uh, residential customers and get our, our business customers going. But uh, uh, then we hopefully, maybe in a few years, uh, we'll be ready to expand out. Um, Greg, I, I think that this recession that started in 2009 uh, really is a 10-year recession for this country. I really think it's going to be 2019 before the entire country is over this recession. I think it's just a 10-year recession, and we're slowly pulling out of it, and my personal business is slowly coming back. And uh, uh, But uh, I told my wife and all my employees I hope we're back in 2019 the way we were in 2007 of course for the country in two thousand seven the whole country was probably insane with the stock market and business and housing housing and I mean money was flowing everywhere and the good times were rolling and, and uh, then wham two years later it was like somebody uh, slammed the door and cut off the air conditioning uh, so uh,
2: Greg you're <laughs> right North Carolina does have prohibitive laws regarding muni broadband and so do thirteen other states but I'm very encouraged by the new chair of the FCC who says that he would like to overturn some of those prohibited laws. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that, um, and, and in fact, I'm, I'm writing a couple of pieces on this. Um, in part, the FCC's, uh, the FCC's effort is a valuable plus and it gives the uh, debate a lot of national attention and it also gives a lot of force behind those of us and you know as yourself are all trying to move broadband projects forward so they they hold a big um, you know stick slash carrot that's good to have in this discussion I think that what needs to happen simultaneously is that from the local level, there is pressure put on the legislators because I think that legislators, you know, they have been influenced by uh, the incumbents, by the large telecom and cable companies, and they have passed laws Who have deep pockets, by the way. Sorry? Who have deep pockets, by the way. Exactly. But I think that the counter to that is that, one, they need to have votes. <laughs> so if they don't have votes, they're going to be in trouble. And I think that what the communities represent is that leverage. But I also think that, you know, and, and I saw this at the meeting that I was at when I was there, is that regardless of the party affiliation, the state legislators who represent Salisbury and, and Wilson and, and a number of these other communities are in tune with the economic issues, and they're in tune with the value that broadband brings to overcome a number of economic challenges. And I think that, you know, though it is a war, you know, big money versus constituent needs, I think that that's still a pressure point that the communities need to exert. And I think that that, in conjunction with the FCC, is what will move these laws back. Because one of the, the downsides of the FCC action is if they do pass a rule or they do you know, actively take up the cause and say, you know, you state of North Carolina are prohibitive, it's going to end up in court. And then that's going to be a long, drawn-out process. But I think the presence and the pressure of the FCC from above with a strong grassroots, which, by the way, North Carolina has had some of the best, you know, pro-broadband grassroots campaigns. Even though that bill got passed, there were at least three, four legislative sessions where the grassroots carried the day. And I think that that pressure from below in conjunction with the FCC is what will change the the state of affairs, legislatively speaking, in uh, in, in North Carolina.
2: And in the other states as well, we can only hope yeah right i I think you really boiled it down well big dollars versus constituents needs you know
0: craig it it, um it reminds me of years ago when all the telephone companies were breaking up you know then uh the monopolies on the companies and then uh federal trade commission said that you know that had to be more competitive and um so this reminds me a little bit of that i think we're on the uh the the front end of that type situation uh of course the, the the big the big thing with the with the uh internet and the glass package and all that is it is so so capital intense that um uh cities uh, to be innovative have to take some some real risk on on uh on the capital uh uh infusion of the capital to to make sure this goes on Now, many people have told me and and obviously uh you know that uh the whole community is not always happy with this a lot of the community is and some of the community is not but you have to be forward thinking and sometimes you have to take a chance Look, you know just like uh, a lot of uh, businesses they have to go out and they have to borrow money and do a product and try to get things moving but i had a fellow the other day that uh had been a little critical of this two or three years ago and came and talked to him and he said mayor you know uh, she was outside of my cleaners he said mayor you know i i think you've done the right thing and he said i was skeptical but he said i really see some buildings going up and i hear some good things and he said i believe in five years people are going to look back and say wow the uh the city council they were innovative they were forward thinking they really helped our city and and we're we're uh salisbury's years ahead of some of our competition so uh we're certainly driving that um we uh we want this thing to be successful and and uh Uh, You know, failure is just one of the things that we don't think about. We we don't ever talk about that. We only talk about uh, what can we do next to uh, bring on more subscribers and make the uh, make the uh, system better and more reliable and put more packages in there. And uh, like I said, we're coming out with this RF overlay package with 160 channels that hopefully we can sign up some more people. Kind of the old type TV, we kind of cut it on and off. You don't have all the boxes. You can if you want to and but we're trying to, to to make some things you know a lot of the uh community uh especially the older community uh you know have, have stated to us that they want something simple they like some high definition television but they don't want to have to go through all these uh uh different remotes everywhere and they still like the the uh one or two remotes here and there and a lot of times i've been over to my mother and father-in-law's house uh, uh switching a few remotes around but uh but we're trying hard, and we 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 really think we're going to be poised for the for the future. And hope some folks out there that are listening right now, like I said, will be looking us up on the map and uh, yep. Google in Salisbury, yep.
1: North Carolina. And of no, course, I the real a,
2: financial.
1: Uh, I was going to say, I have a I'm comment one of the audience, and uh, and we're almost out of time, so I want to do ask one last question. But the comment from the audience was. Um, you know, try to impr- increase the mention of Fibrant on the city's Wikipedia page, so that it gets more. You know, as part of your overall marketing messaging thing, to give it more visibility uh, on, on your Wikipedia page. So you might just want to make a note of that and, and you know, pass that Great on. Great tip. First, Thank first. you. So, All right. No Good idea. Yeah, that's why I want people to call in. Yeah. Now, now so they things, things that we don't. five minutes, so uh, um, let's let's kind of stay stay focused. How much of an impact does does using broadband to improve the health care, medical care delivery services in Salisbury, how much of an Im- economic impact do you think that has?
2: It's a, it's a huge impact. Um, you know, real data people these days are talking about the three Vs volume velocity and variety and that's what medical data has the only way you can move the 3v data like medical is with a gigabit network so um, we offer today's technology to the medical
0: community well you know uh, Craig one of the things you just said is interesting talk about the Chapel Hill Dental School I can see how that would work out with us also Uh, you know uh, Perhaps patients uh, in Salisbury with, with severe problems, medically uh could go and uh, into Chapel. I mean, uh, go through the internet to Chapel Hill or to Duke or Baptist. We have some great. Uh, Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte. We have some great institutions here, along with our hospital, Novant. So, uh, you know, that's a good good point there for us to be uh, thinking about. And you know, we're hoping to get the hospital hooked up between the main branch. And the two auxiliary branches in our town, which are across town from each other, probably seven, eight, or ten miles away. So we're we're hoping to make a uh, uh, a uh, a package to them that they they might uh, look at us and also. Uh, uh, so that's a good, very good idea about the medical and look at all the uh, teleradiation. Uh, I'm not tele. I mean tele um, radiology going on right now throughout the country. You know where a doctor can. You know, that he can be woken up at 3 in the morning, or a car crash victim uh, can be put on the table in our hospital and uh, a CAT scan or MRI taken and the doctor called at 3 in the morning and he can walk to his computer and cut it on and have the image in a split second uh, of that particular uh, patient on what's wrong with him and what's not wrong with him. So I think a lot of that stuff is the is excellent idea about the uh teleradiology also i think actually they're doing that some some out of
1: india i've heard mhm mm-hmm. you know, and i think sending one of the some of the is that you can tie in your medical experts in salisbury via the network to medical sources around the world i mean you you basically become a global healthcare delivery service if you will exactly
0: exactly good point uh and, of course, as the population gets older, there will be more and more folks. Uh, I can't remember what the statistics were, like six, 10,000 people a day turn 65 or something like that, or maybe 10,000 a day go on Social Security with some massive number of the folks that are are turning, uh, you know, are going to need more medical and uh, facilities. So uh, we're really excited about our city, and we really appreciate you. Uh, Letting us do your radio show it makes us feel really important in, in our town. We think a lot of our city, and we, we just really appreciate you uh, putting us on uh, your show and uh, Ms. Blackwell and I, and uh, uh, when you called in or when you uh, emailed and we were like hot dogs, this is uh, going to be a treat for us.
2: That's right, Craig. Thank you so much. And just to recap some of the things we've mentioned, Salisbury is a progressive city, It's a small city with a low cost of living and world-class technology. So we invite any um, growing businesses to contact us for relocating to Salisbury, North Carolina, Gig City, North Carolina.
1: Excellent. And with that, we're going to uh, wrap. But I uh, will definitely, you know, I'm always keeping Salisbury on my list of folks I keep up with. Um, I have a lot of respect for what you folks have done there. You know, I've seen it up close and personal so I you know, what you say is true about the city. So much continued success to both of you, uh, you know, as you as you accelerate the marketing and the awareness of both the network and your community. I think there's just great stuff that's gonna gonna happen there. And uh to Ray, our can audience. Can we
0: get a can we get a I'm sorry, can we get a tape of this show? Oh sure, not a problem. So let me We'd love a tape of this show. We might want of, to put it on you. our uh um, Channel x sixteen television, you know, and think some folks <laughs> might might can uh, listen to it there.
1: No worries. Uh thank you to our audience and we will be back again with another show next week. Take care and have a great day.
0: Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Craig.